Hey, great friends. What's going on? It's Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studios, and we got a great show coming up for you today. I know yesterday was uh, kind of a downer because it all the Seidler stuff happened while we were on the air, so you got a lot of natural reaction. Um, today, I, I'm going to talk a lot more about it, but um, I'm going to I'm going to talk about some other stuff too. Hey, um, Alex, you're going to love this. So our uh, partners at Prize Picks, they sent me a message yesterday. No, no, this morning. And they said, hey, Scott, um, when you uh, send us documentation letting us know when we're on and how long we're on for, most of our radio partners are only like 60 seconds. Yours all say two minutes. Is that accurate? Alex, what would you say? Do, do, when we talk about prize picks, might it go longer than 60 seconds? Two minutes is not accurate either. <laughs> right. I like, told them. 15 go, minutes. Right. That's what I told him. I'm like, you guys don't understand. We do full segments on our prize picks. We don't care. I, I explained to him, I go, this is not like another radio station. We own this show. We talk about it for whatever we want. And we got nobody to tell us not to. I'm ice cold, by the way. I'm ice cold on prize picks. And, and those of you that are hitting me up, James, uh, JD, Max, all you guys out there that are hitting me up, telling me about how much money you're winning on prize picks. Let's go. Give me your prize picks, man. Yesterday, I took Wemby to go more than like 20 and a half. The guy's only averaging 18. That was a stupid play. I don't know, man. I, I got to maybe just stick to football. It's football. It's basketball. My son wants me to just play hockey. And Bernard Thompson told me he doesn't even watch hockey, but he's making a ton of money on prize picks playing hockey. Use the QR code right here uh, or go to prizepicks.com slash great friends, prizepicks.com slash great friends. They will match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. Use our QR code, prizepicks.com slash great friends. And that was, that was like, you know, way over two minutes, I think. So, all right, let me uh, also mention everybody, our friends over at Mushroom Life. Here's another uh, sponsor and partner that I didn't know how this was going to go exactly. And it has gone insanely well. You guys are into it. You know, Browner talks about his cocktail every day. The cocktail of this product right here, which is a tincture. Uh, this is the sustained energy product. And this is the mental energy product. And over, I've got the sex drive product right here. This is the arousal product. And um, I, I even, I'm, I'm, I've told you guys, I'm using the face cream now. Look, why? Because mushrooms have these medicinal effects. Um, these are not psychedelic mushrooms that we're talking about here. You know, this is not the stuff you buy from a guy. It's in a plastic bag. You eat it. It tastes bad. You trip out. It's not what we're talking about here. Uh, the medical slash health benefits of a plant-based medication. If you take pills for focus, sex drive, sleep, whatever the case may be, there's a more holistic approach. Mushroomlife.com slash great friends. You save 50% on your first purchase. And lastly, let me just send out a quick shout out to my guy, Gary Cooper, 858-376-1299. Complicated time right now in uh, if you're trying to buy a house. But I've told this story. If you're flexible and you're willing to move, I'm not talking about to another state. I'm just talking about 30, 40, 50 minutes, an hour away. If you're flexible, there's some affordable housing out there. Talk to Gary. 858-376-1299. Hey, great friends. How are we all doing today? This is Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studio. Grande, Brown, uh, as everybody knows, you know, yesterday we were on the air when the Peter Seidler uh, confirmation happened. And yesterday you got our natural, um, raw, 
in real time reaction to what was going on. And I got to say to everybody, guys, as I know you're getting ready to come on the screen here, um, I got to say to everybody, you know, I really appreciated all the instant feedback. I mean, I'm telling you, it was everywhere. It was on Twitter. It was on Instagram. It was on Facebook where people were saying, you know, I did not know Peter Seidler, the person. I knew Peter Seidler, the owner of the Padres, and I loved him because he spent a ton of money because that guy was passionate about winning. But after hearing, and this is what they were saying, after hearing Kaplan and crew and the stories that the guys were telling about their individual relationship with Seidler, um, wow, I've got a, an even greater appreciation for who he was. And by the way, I want to tell you something, Browner, you said it yesterday. There are probably hundreds of people that have a similar story to their relationship with Peter that I was talking about yesterday with my own relationship with him. It was everybody. I mean, our, our former colleague, Darren Smith, our friend, Darren Smith, I think he was talking about this on the radio yesterday. Um, uh, I was having text messages with Mark Loretta and with Bill Johnston, the for Bill, the former uh, PR man for the Chargers, who's been working for the Padres ever since the Chargers left town. And, um, just a lot of people hitting me up with their, you know, their, their thoughts, their prayers, their sadness, you know, it was just a, yesterday was a, yesterday was a very, very sad day. And, um, I literally walked around in a funk the entire day. So fellas, good afternoon. How are we feeling? Yeah, I'm good. I didn't get a chance to see much of the reaction or really listen to anybody other, any other show. I, I jumped in a car immediately after the show and, and drove up here to Oxnard. Uh, I've been reading a lot this morning, though, of the memorial pieces and the remembrance pieces that are coming out in a lot of different websites. And, uh, you know, the, the more you learn about the man, you, know, you just everything you hear about him is probably true. You know, like there isn't there isn't like a little byline or asterisk of some something that's that's bad. You know, everything that's yeah. coming out about Peter Seidler is is genuine and it's it's kind and it's positive and it really just does highlight the the type of person that the organization in the city lost, which is it's going to be a big loss moving forward. And um, I think now, I mean, listen, like we I had we had experiences with him, but, you know, I, I'm not friends with him and I, I don't have that relationship with him. So I think what I've been thinking about probably the last, you know, since last night is for me, I'm like, this organization is going to go through a lot of change. And I don't know if it's going to be as positive without Peter Seidler? Because how can it possibly be so positive without Peter Seidler? Right. There is nobody there. Even if you're the CEO, Eric Rupner, so what? You're the CEO. You're not the owner. You know, if you're AJ Preller, so what? You, you're not the owner. You don't have control of the checkbook, you know, and, and what they had, Gruppner and, and AJ, they had the support of the owner. And I know everybody's hitting me up going, well, who owns the Padres now? Well, it's not like all of a sudden somebody all of a sudden elevates and goes, oh, now I'm the I'm the owner. And I assure you, I know this for sure, that Peter had a succession plan, you know, but um, but I'm with you, Alex. I think the organization is is in for some major, major changes along the way because they don't have the financial energy behind them that Peter Seidler provided. Browner, you said it yesterday. Hundreds of people would have similar stories to the one that I had where I explained the relationship that I enjoyed with Peter and um, and how he kind of coached me and mentored me and then invested in me. Um, Kevin Acey wrote something that was, and I, I haven't gone through it all, but Kevin 
was like, look, this wasn't just some owner that I covered. This person turned into a friend. And that was the kind of thing that Peter was. He wasn't one of those guys who was stay away from me, Mr. Media guy. He actually welcomed everybody. I don't know. Maybe it was a keep your enemies close kind of a thing. <laughs> I'm not really I mean, sure. What he proves is that the job's not as hard as you have to make it. Do your job as an owner and be be welcoming and communicate with people in, in the, that are in the business and that being the media, whether it is a keep your enemies close type of thing or if it's just a, hey, man, this is what I think. You do what you want with it, but this is what I think. And I think he was that kind of guy. So I think most owners are afraid to talk to the media because they get to bully people in their everyday life. And so when the media member pushes back because it's their job to ask tough questions, a lot of owners can't handle that or they don't want that. I don't think Peter was that way. I think he pretty much put the cards on the table and he allowed you to ask whatever you wanted to ask. If you think the team sucks, say the team sucks. There's nothing wrong with it. We suck right now. And I think he was the type of person who, if you said that, he wouldn't blow you up. He wouldn't come after you. He wouldn't, you know, say guys can't come on your show because you said we suck. That wasn't his thing. So, and like I said, man, when a person does good like that, they've done good like that all over. And he was yeah. one of those people who did good all over. And so, you know, it, it's it, it, was, it was such a sad loss. But when we talk about, because we refrained from talking about what happens to the organization yesterday because that wasn't the time. I got, uh, this organization is in trouble because we were hearing during this year that people were not happy with the payroll. We were hearing that this year that there were people who wanted to go in different directions with the general manager and the president of baseball operations. The, the amount of influx that's about to occur on this roster and within this organization, it's going to be, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. Well, I, I, I'm not, I don't know yet. I'm not, will it be ugly? I'm not sure yet, but I, I do know it will be different because here's the bottom line. Peter Seidler, and you guys actually pointed this out yesterday, and I, I appreciated that you did because I think it's the way the majority of the fan base feels. Remember, you know, not everybody had the access that we had. Not everybody had, you know, the invitation to the owner's suite. Not everybody 99% had. 99% of people watching yesterday didn't. Right. Not most yeah. people were when I told everybody yesterday that Peter Seidler invested in my company, but the way I told the story was that Peter told me he was investing in me, not in my company. Like people were blown away by that, you know? Um, and so not everybody had this close relationship. Most people's relationship with Peter Seidler was an appreciative one of, Hey, the chargers left. The Padres didn't just, you know, hang around and flounder like they had been forever. This guy invested major, major bucks into the organization and people in San Diego appreciated his desire and commitment, even if it didn't work out to attempting to chase a championship. Correct. And, 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 you know, listen, last night I started to get uh, messages from people, fat Tony, shout out to you, man. He st started sending me pictures, you know, the, the, those artists that were doing murals around San Diego. The, the murals that I thought were kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Like, hey, why is there a Manny Machado mural? What has he done? You didn't earn that. Yeah. Right. What has he done? You know, like if there's a Kobe Bryant mural, I'm all for that. But like earn it, win it, do something, become a legend, not just a painting. But last night um, they started painting. I'm not even sure exactly where this is. But those same artists. Downtown. Got an email from Stone. It's at the Stone downtown location on Kettner somewhere from the downtown stone brewery. Mm -hmm. 
Can you show us some of these pictures? You guys got to see this because now here's a guy. Here's a guy who belongs on a mural, Peter Seidler. And these are the artists last night all lit up and painting this thing. Look at that. For those of you that are listening on radio, I'll always encourage you to come to our YouTube show. And uh, this will be, you know, eight minutes into the first segment of the YouTube show. So radio listeners, come on by. There's one picture. He's still got that big old thick mustache. Look at that thing. Look at that. Thank you, Peter Seidler. That's what they That's what they wrote. 1960 to 2023. It is so hard to believe. Goosebumps, literally, as we're saying it. It is so hard to believe this guy's 63 years old. <clears throat> 63, you know? And, and again, I know yesterday the family said, hey, we're not going to release for public consumption what the cause of death was. And that's, you know, that, of course, makes people like myself, unfortunately, just become that much more curious. But, you know, word was that Peter had been in a hospital at UCSD for many months. And there was a team of doctors working around the clock, all different kinds of doctors. And so I don't have any idea. I really don't. I've got no idea what the cause was or what what made him so sick at the end. I have no idea. I just know that yesterday I walked around in this funk, man. I was just so like there was this weight of sadness that I was feeling yesterday. And I think it's it's not it's it's I knew this person. I knew him not like best friends, but certainly a lot more than acquaintances. Um, he was influential in my life and in my business. Um, he was always good to me. Um, and, and also Browner, that heaviness of there are things that are going to change and, and how does the organization, we always use the word sustainable. How do they at least sustain a competitive payroll, you know, a competitive roster, um, who's you know, in charge and that's a good and that's a very good question right now who is in charge yeah because there are some people in that organization right now they know they're fired you know what's funny is that the most non-peter seidler thing to do is to start criticizing what happens forward in a negative tone and that's what we're going to do because the only reason that the padres were the third highest payroll the only reason that the Padres went out and re-signed and signed all these superstars was because of Peter Seidler. Like when it, when it was Peter Seidler and Ron Fowler, they weren't doing that. You know, it was, Correct. it wasn't, it, it was, it was not even remotely thought it could be possible, nonetheless, actually achievable. So the most Peter Seidler thing is to do what he did the last three, four seasons but I think there is no way but to regress back to the mean as the, for the organization. And what I mean by that is I'm not telling you you're going to go back and be the 28th, 29th lowest payroll in baseball. I think that this, this fan base has proven that they can be a lot more than that. But I don't think we're going to – this organization is going to be top five, top ten very much longer. Correct. It just doesn't seem to make much sense. Well, the, the, the question is going to be, and this is what everybody's asking me, who's the owner now? Correct. And I, Who's I'll, the boss? I'll tell you guys the truth. I don't know. You know, the, the Seidlers said yesterday that they, they will keep the organization in their family. So in other words, they're still the owners. But what does that mean? Does that mean that um, Sheil, Peter's wife, is now the owner? Is she going to run the operation? Um, does it mean that Peter's brother, I'm trying to remember which, because he's one of his brothers is his like right-hand business partner in L.A., with their investment fund. Um, one of his brothers, Tom, who I, I spoke to a little bit by text yesterday, um, you know, he's in the organization. 
So is an, another Seidler brother, because I want to say there may have been like eight or nine siblings, is yeah. another Seidler going to take over running the organization? But even if that other Seidler were to, let's just play this out for a second. It doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that Peter's financial energy, Peter's willingness to spend, Peter's ability to fundraise, um, Peter's ability to persuade, that is gone. Now, does some other brother walk in and he's got the, the same passion? Don't know yet. Think, think about it like this. This is it's not the same, but it's, a, it's in the same ballpark. When Dr. Jerry Buss died mm -hmm. and the Lakers kind of went into this weird disarray afterwards mm -hmm. of, Who's actually in charge? Is it the brothers? Is it Janie? Everybody had different ideas on what ways to make the Lakers better. Now, I'm not saying whoever takes over doesn't want what's best for the Padres. But to get to that point to where everything shakes out and now it's Jeannie Buss, mm -hmm. it got ugly. Yep. It got ugly. Mm -hmm. This is, we, we're, Let's not pretend that this isn't a business. And y'all y'all watch Succession? Y'all know when somebody wants to be the boss, when the boss is either vacating or going to vacate, things get ugly. I remember when they fired them on it, when Dan Cilio got fired. I think three people went to Joe Totino the day it happened. They're like, yo, they put me in that slot. Because people are thinking about themselves. It's just a matter of time when they will let that out. So, Whoever the boss is, that's going to determine what happens to that organization, I, I, period. I, I actually kind of agree with what you're saying, <laughs> meaning like if you compare this situation to the series succession for anybody that watched it, I know me and Alex did, um, the patriarch of the organization and the family is gone. So, you know, what was the plan? And is everybody going to abide by it? I'm not sure yet, but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I will, I'll just say I hope that that's not the case because the three people that were vying for it were all imbeciles. So on that uh, in, in succession, right? <laughs> yes. But, but again, but again, here's the thing. You know, Eric Rupner, by way of example, he's the CEO. That, that means mm -hmm. you run the organization. It doesn't mean you own it. It doesn't mean you have the power to spend as much as you want. You, you know, have a uh, boss. Right. AJ Preller is a guy whose job is to create the baseball side of things. He has a boss. Right. So so there has to be a a single figure that represents the ownership of the organization. And I can honestly tell you today, as we sit here one day after Peter's death, I don't know who that's going to be. I'm not. Really I don't. Sure. I think it's all making a lot more sense now when you started hearing rumblings about the Seidler equity group being in meetings, when you start hearing about those things, like that makes a lot more sense now. What do you today. mean Seidler equity group being in meetings? What do you mean by that? Well, like, so when, who's running this team while Peter's going through his medical procedures, oh. which is all okay, we knew, you, you know, that's yeah. all we knew since July that he had not been well. He, he, and so you start hearing and reading about who's doing what and who's saying what, and all those things make a lot more sense now. And yeah, I'm wondering, and I'm pretty yeah. sure that they're smart enough there was, there is a plan. We just don't know it yet. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I'm assuring you that there was a plan. We don't know what it is, but I think we're all jumping to a conclusion, which is whatever the plan is, is probably not the plan that Peter has been living the last call it two years. No, you know, 
Yeah. So, so the only thing just... of my hope for, and it's like, I'm not even talking about money. The one thing that Peter Seidler, because listen, I've questioned his decisions as an owner and I don't regret those because I still don't necessarily agree with them. But I will say this, what I do not question is, is his desire to bring a championship here. Right. And that's all you can ask. And for that's what I think. And that's forward. why I think I, that's why I think the fans yesterday. I mean, there was this outpouring of love. Um, if you look, there was even a mural, not a mural, a um, like a memorial down at Petco Park, like right in front of the, the stairs, the, the very front of Petco Park. Oh, there it is. Um, I mean, there's flowers and ball caps and pictures and wreaths. And it's all right there at the, the front stairs at Petco Park. And um I, that might have grown much, much more than the picture that we're showing to you right now. But there was this outpouring yesterday of love. That, put it this way. When Alex Spanos died, nobody nobody here was was mourning. I mean, people hated him. And I know that's sad to say about somebody who died, but th- I'm just trying to make a comparison. Alex Spanos was not a loved man in San Diego. When he died, people were like, okay, he died. Um, when Peter Seidler died, the fan base wanted to share its love and appreciation for him because he did something that other owners here in San Diego had not done. He committed his checkbook to attempting to win a championship. And I think if we really all stop for a quick second and think about it, I've said it a bunch. The Padres went all in this year, not even sure we knew they were going all in, but they did go all in. And it kind of stands to reason now that Peter probably knew uh, six months ago, eight months ago that he was terminal and that this was his last chance to dance. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's unfortunate, but that's why the fans love him so much. Peter Seidler. Think about that. I mean, if, when, when Art Modell died, did Cleveland mourn, you know, um, and, and you can think of other owners that are not loved in their communities. What's that guy's name in Cincinnati that threatened to leave Cincinnati with the Reds? Like if that guy died, the, the fan base would not love, love, love him like that. If, if the Dodgers owner died, people would be like, I don't even know who the Dodgers owner is unless it was magic. Peter Seidler was loved in this town and rightly so. Um, here's kind of a weird side note to all of this. And maybe to add just an ounce of levity, dude, we were on the, yesterday we were having this conversation about the San Diego state head football coaching vacancy. And I was explaining to everybody that I received a text from a guy who said, I want the job. I should have the job. I can bring a national championship to San Diego state in three years. Okay. I mean, I think that's an exaggeration, but I appreciate the confidence. And, and I never mentioned who it was because as I was building this story of this guy wants the job, this guy had a great career as a player. This guy could be the CEO of the organization. He doesn't necessarily have to just purely be the coach. He can be the recruiter. He can be the energy. He could be the name. And I never got to it. And people said to me, people text me, they're like, bro, who's the guy that wants the San Diego state job? Because as I was building that yesterday, the Peter Seidler stuff happened. So who was that? Who was that guy who wants that San Diego state job? I'll tell you this. He's coming on today. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you here in one minute. I'll tell you who it is in one minute. Before I do, I just want to say um, it doesn't feel great, but I think I got to do it. Um, we got to pay bills around here. Uh, this segment is being brought to us by our friends at prize picks, prizepicks.com slash great friends. You put in a hundred bucks, they'll put in a hundred bucks. They will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. So you put in 20, they put in 20 Browner. I've gone ice cold, man. Ice cold. I had a uh, Wemby last night to score more than 20 and a half points. And, and that he had like eight points in the game. 
you know? Struggled. And I also think, and I think I had Cam, I had Cam Reddish last night. Yeah, bust. (laughs) I had Cam Reddish last night and the Lakers, everybody went off. So, but it didn't matter because I'd already lost the Wemby part of it. So, hey, prize picks. I think I'm going to stick to what I kind of know, which is football. But my son is encouraging me to start playing hockey. We'll see. Oh, God. I, I know. But Bernard Thompson is telling me that he plays hockey and he doesn't even know anything about hockey and he's winning. Prizepicks.com slash great friends. Prizepicks.com slash great friends. Get in the game at Prizepicks. I'll tell you who wants that San Diego State job next. Hey, great friends. What's happening? It is Wednesday afternoon. This is Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man. And we come to you from the Seven Mile Casino Studios, sevenmilecasino.com. So look, I said this yesterday, and I want to say this again about Peter Seidler. You know, I could go into uh, full-blown broadcasts about Peter and uh, and his unfortunate death. But here's the reality. And I said this yesterday. You know what, man? Um, It's still going to rain outside, even though that's not a normal thing. Um, but we're expecting rain today. Um, the wind is still going to blow. The, the waves are still going to crash on the beach. Uh, people are going to go on with their lives. They're going to get in their cars. They're going to drive to places. People are going to go into restaurants. People are going to work. Uh, my, here's my point. The world goes on no matter what. With you or without you, with me, without me, with Peter Seidler, without Peter Seidler, with or without Steve Jobs, or name anybody famous or anybody rich who who has access to the greatest medicine on the planet and the greatest doctors. doesn't matter, man. The world goes on without us. So here's my point. Got to live, man. You know, like uh, one of my favorite movies, Dazed and Confused, Matthew McConaughey. Living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Living. That's what you got to do. So I plan on living. And uh, I moped around yesterday all day. I'm still, you know, still really like it's on top of my mind, but uh, but going to live. So here's what I want to tell you two gentlemen. I got a call um, two days ago from a guy who said, um, hey, they fired Brady Hoke or he retired. I want that job. I am that job. I can do this job. Now, I know the name and I know the career, but I also know that there's really no coaching background. There, there really is not much to speak of. So Browner, before I tell you who this person is, cause he's going to come on today, you actually brought up an interesting point yesterday, which is maybe San Diego state should look to hire more of a football CEO, mm-hmm. a person who can do a few things, recruit, um, create visibility mm-hmm. somebody who's passionate for the school and for the program and and someone who even though he may not necessarily be a former NFL coach or a offensive coordinator at a Pac-12 school maybe this person could be what Deion Sanders is because I'll ask you guys this question do you think Deion Sanders as a head coach is he to me he's a motivator he's a leader He's a guy who creates a lot of publicity for his program. But is he, you know, coaching every day? Hey, turn your hips this way. Hey, backpedal this way. Maybe with the secondary and the wide receivers, he's giving them advice. But is he, do, can you hire someone who, like Deion Sanders, 
had a great playing career, had a highly visible media career, but doesn't necessarily have to have all this head coaching experience. Although in Dion's case, I mean, he'd already coached years at Jackson State. Mm -hmm. to, to be fair, he has a much greater resume. But but could San Diego State take a chance on somebody that's visible, uh, will could recruit, but isn't really a truly experienced head football coach? Could they? Will they? I that it depends on the person. I have to know who the person is because there's a lot that goes into coaching because you're representing the university. And so your background matters, your appearance matters, your upkeep matters. Like it's a, a lot goes into because you're going into people's homes and you're asking for their kids. Like that's a that's a tall thing to ask for if people can Google you and go, uh oh, this guy did what? Like uh, so it depends. I need to know who the person is first. Okay. Because again, I'm trying to turn this into a us thing. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's a them. They need to hire the right guy. It's not <laughs> a we need to hire the right guy. Yeah. And, and Which Alex, is exactly why you don't listen to John Browner in this in this particular topic. I said, no, this is exactly why you should listen to me. No. Because I'm motivated. I want the right hire. Nah. So they should listen to you. Why should they listen to you? You got the glasses on. You blind. You can't see nothing but San Diego State. I'm talking about the big picture. Yeah. You just well, see I live picture, in, and that's I live difference. in I live in reality. When it that's comes why to you want to hire State. some guy who some high school coach to who will make oh we are gonna pay him six hundred thousand. That's who you want to hire. No, just a dude that'll come here, knows the conference, knows the university, knows the region, is a good coach, can win games, win the Mountain West, maybe make a bowl game, maybe an elite bowl game here or there. And then he can move on to Washington, and then we can live our lives as well, here, as we are. Here, here's Man, the you, thing: Did you ever want to be like an astronaut when you was a kid? Did you want to be no. something like crazy? No. What's wrong with you, man? Why? What's, What's wrong? wrong? What's wrong with them? I mean, the guy didn't dream to be an astronaut. Did I didn't. You, did you? Did you ever want long hair? I had long hair. How long? How long are we talking? You like came down like here, my emo stage. <laughs> <laughs> Now I need a picture, Mama. Mama yeah. Padilla. I we need a picture. Yeah, Come Mama Padilla. Now. We got we got just Alex's like, email. I just I just think that there's this this idea that you're gonna go get a splash with two and a half million dollars for an annual salary. Like, let's just when I talk about reality, I'm talking about that. I'm not. There isn't an open checkbook here. So, like, why are we even gonna? start throwing names out there that are never going to come here uh, okay. for that that okay. just to start number one okay jd wicker said because we have the stadium now because we have some facilities now we will bump up from whatever hulk was making which i believe 1.5 which was eighth lowest in the mountain west to now we can get up to about two and a half which will put you at about 60th in the country so let's just start in reality that's what i mean okay. Well, that's why, well, let me, first of all, put up on the screen for everybody, J.D. Wicker, the athletic director at San Diego State, put up his um, his quote about this head coaching job. Go ahead, Alex. He says, I can promise you this. This is a very desirable job within college football. If you look at a group of five level, <clears throat> we're right oh, there man. at the top. You can certainly hey, look at the low half of certain. Time out, time out, time out. He already lying. He already lied in the first sentence. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. You got to be real with what you, you got to be real with what you got. 
listen, the, 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 th the thought that um, when you look at the group of five level, we're right there at the top. If he means in terms of this season or, you know, on the verge of getting to a major bowl game like a Cincinnati did before they joined a major conference, like a Boise State did way in the past. I mean, I don't think he's right. I mean, I don't think they are the very top of the top. They had a they had a period of time where it certainly looked like they were. And unfortunately, they've they've trended down. They could be back because go on, go, go on with the quote, Alex. The rest of it's kind of important. Uh, you could certainly look at the lower half of certain Power Five conferences and say San Diego State's going to be a better job than that one because I've got a chance to win. I can go there and I can win conference championships. I can access the college football playoff. They've got a fantastic new stadium. The facilities are good enough. Yeah, good enough. Reality. By the way, yeah, reality. Yeah, that that is reality. By the way, right there, Browner. Let me just tell you something. For for San Diego State to have an athletic director publicly admit that our our facilities they're good enough. They're not great. They're just good enough to attract somebody. And, and here's what I think they're he's probably really about good for the group of five. Um, they're okay. I'll be honest with you, man. Like to me, um, Boise State has decent facilities. Um, yeah. I, I look at Tulane when I when I go down there to visit my daughter, they've got nice facilities. Um, San Diego State's facilities are quote unquote good enough. Mm -hmm. But let me let me tell you what I think JD Wicker is saying in that soundbite or that quote if you just put it back up on the screen there's an important don't line get your there. hopes up no there's an important line in there and i don't know if i'm reading too deeply into it he said um if you look at the lower half of certain power five conferences and say san diego state's going to be a better job than that one because i've got a chance to win let me tell you what i think he means there's a lot of talk right now that ucla is going to fire chip kelly Mm -hmm. And 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 what I think JD Wicker is saying is if you had to compare the UCLA head football job to the San Diego State head football job, oh, isn't yeah. the San Diego That's State fine. job more attractive because UCLA is a middle of the pack Pac 12 school? They're going to <laughs> be a I said yesterday. Feeder. They're going to be a bottom feeder oh in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. They will be a bottom feeder in the Big Ten, at least for the foreseeable future. So I think they're Northwestern now in the Big Ten. They're I, Vanderbilt in the SEC. I think what JD Wicker is saying is that if you had the choice of going to UCLA or San Diego State, we can convince somebody that with our nice new stadium, our facilities that are good enough, and a decent, you know, a decent pay, two and a half million dollars, you have a better chance of winning here with San Diego State in the Mountain West than you know with UCLA. Here's but no, he, here's yeah. reality before Browner goes off too, because I gotta say this, and this is just a fact. The college football playoff is expanding to 12 teams. Air Force was 6-0, and and they were ranked this year. This year. If you finish the season undefeated in the Mountain West, you will be in the college football playoff. There is no chance UCLA will ever go undefeated in the Big Ten. Ever. Ever. They will never sniff the college football playoff when they play in the Big Ten because that's not who they are. That's what J.D. Wicker is saying. Come here. Dominate the way Rocky Long did. You can sniff the playoff. That is reality. That is reality. Okay, so here's the thing. I would tell you this before Browner says what he's going to say. If you offered me the UCLA job or you offered me the San Diego State job, regardless of how much more I think I can win in the Mountain West and regardless of how I think I can maybe get into the playoff as it expands to 12, if you offered me the UCLA job, I'm just making this up, at $5 million, and you Bingo. offered me the San Diego State job at $2.5 million, I'm taking that UCLA job all and day, every day. Did I start this segment by saying two and a half million dollars is your max? 
Reality, people. Okay. Reality. Well, then, I, then I want to tell you something. I still have not told you the name of the person who called me and said, I want the job. I have the credentials. I live this program. And by the way, I'll bet you this. I'll bet you he'd do it for a lot less than two and a half million dollars. I'm dead serious. I'll bet you he'd do it for a lot less. Browner, I still haven't given you this name. I'm going to. What do you think about all this? If you want to tell me what J.D. Wicker said in that, because I'm going to stick with that statement, because that's what J.D. Wicker said. If if you want to tell me that you think that this team can get into the start to get into the college football playoff when it expands to 12 teams, because I'm going to take this from an approach they've expanded it to 12 teams, because that's fair to him, that's fair to the Senegal State fan base. A and we're going to compare them to UCLA. If a three-loss UCLA team from the Big Ten was up against an undefeated Mountain West team, fill in the blank, the UCLA team is getting in that spot. They just are. Because that's no, the no, way. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's about. That's the way that the system is set up. I don't think so. I, I don't you think that's the way the system is set up. I think because on the it. No, no, on the schedule, on the, let me, let me I, I didn't interrupt. I didn't interrupt y'all. No, no, but I, I think I, you're I, inaccurate. That's all I'm saying is I think, hey, but brother, I'm sorry. I mean, if you're inaccurate, you're inaccurate. No. Can we if, can we do if, a quick if, research? If, can we do some quick research? Isn't if, isn't the 12 team expansion means that that a team a, a Mountain West Conference champion would get in? Doesn't that mean that? It, is the Mountain West part of the Power Five? No, but this is the expansion to 12. I want to just be accurate because if I'm wrong. So, then so be it. If you're right, then great. From but what I, I understand about yeah. it, mm -hmm. the Power Five teams, and there'll be yeah. one one at large or two at large. I think it's two at large or two outside of the power group that they will get an automatic bid in. So I don't know what does it require. Criteria, what, what does it require I, I to get the automatic? I don't. I don't know the answer to that. Okay, so I that's the, the problem, though, that. is because your point about your point about if a three-loss UCLA team were up against an undefeated San Diego State team, that UCLA would get in over San Diego State, I think there's an inaccuracy there. Because of the fact that you would have had to have beaten somebody like a Wisconsin, like a, like a who else is in a, 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 a Michigan State? Like, you would have had to have beaten higher-level teams who are playing against better universities. They're playing better football programs. I agree. And, if, and if you are undefeated and you've beaten Fresno State You've beaten UNLV, and you've beaten whoever else is. It, so it, the, it, yeah, just the, it, I just went to go read it because Scott was brought up. Who makes the playoff? It's because yeah. it's not the same. The system's not the same anymore. Correct. Well, to Browner's, what you were saying is just like you said. The field will compromise the selection committee's sixth highest ranked conference champions. Okay. So who are and those six conference six highest ranked teams? It doesn't it doesn't say which conference. All it says is. If you win your conference championship and you're right. amongst the six ranked highest, if you finish the Mountain West undefeated, undefeated and you'll be ranked, you there is a chance that you'll be one of the six because there's only there's how many conferences are going to be next year? Pac 12's gone. So you'll have you'll have the, the Big Ten, the SEC, the Big 12, the ACC. ACC. Right, and then without the Pac-12, like, without the Pac-12, right, then the you've Pac got the MAC, and you've got the Mountain the West, Mac. and you've got the, right. the you know, so the if you win the Mountain West and you go undefeated, you'll you'll sniff the playoff. I guess what so I'm saying the, is, Brown, so after the first four, after the yeah. first four big boys, mm -hmm. everything else you have to be, you have to finish as the conference champion, and you have to be ranked. Right. So, so okay. So, for example, Alex, who is there? Are there any current Mountain West Conference teams that are currently in the top twenty-five? I don't think so. 
Okay, so so if if well, none of them, there's no undefeated team. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So if so if so, think about this. So this is what I'm getting at, brother. This is why I'm. It's it, I know it's a frustrating conversation because if San Diego State were to go undefeated or Boise State goes undefeated and they're ranked number Pick 25 one. in the country, they're undefeated. Right. They're conference champs and they're ranked number 25. They're in. So Hold they're on. not. So, they're not okay. really. They're not really judged against a three team, a three loss team from a better conference. But this, but that's the second six. That's the second six. If I if I understand what Alex is saying correctly, and if somebody from the Patriot League is undefeated as well, and they're ranked twenty third, they would get the sixth spot over the twenty fifth ranked team. If that's the way I understand yeah, it, to be if they're a conference champion, correct. So, right, but right. the point is, is that that if you're if you're an undefeated Mountain West champion, you have a chance to get into the playoff. And if you're a three loss UCLA team in the Big Ten. You're saying you have a better chance of getting in, and I'll yes. be honest with you, I don't agree with that. Like right now, there, right now, right now, there mm -hmm. is two undefeated teams: one from the Conference USA and one from the Sun Belt. Mm -hmm. James Madison is already ranked 18th. They're undefeated. Okay. James Madison Browner. Right. I, listen, right. And what I'm, conference I'm are they? <laughs> in what Sun Belt. I don't even. Are they Division One or are they Division One AA? I don't even know. <laughs> But they're yeah, ranked. I, I'm agreeing <laughs> oh, with then they you. Must be 1A. If, okay. If you're if you're 18, right, and if you're the Mountain West champion, and you're 24 or 20, they will, James Madison will get in before you. Or or if if you're the Mountain West champion and you're ranked ahead of James Madison, which I'm gonna guess you might be because their conference be. is better. Right. Yeah, you will then, be. Then you're in. But here, <laughs> but here's the end all be all. Let me just get back to the the, the, the bottom line of this conversation. Because Browner, I'm with you in that. I think San Diego needs a splashy, shiny hire. Yes. And I'll tell you right now, you might be the best up and coming offensive coordinator in college football. And I still don't think it's splashy enough. Like, in other words, if you went and hired the coach at Washington, the offensive coordinator at Washington, whose name's already been mentioned, not that splashy. Yesterday we were talking about uh, what's his name, the former Arizona Cardinals coach um, uh, with Cliff USC. Kingsbury. No, 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 no. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. We're talking about Cliff Kingsbury. Um, these are offensive coordinators, and you're hiring them to bring their offense. My question to you is this: Could you hire a Deion Sanders type character? There aren't very many. In fact, there's only one. Could that person hire the right offensive coordinator, the right defensive coordinator? be the face of the program, be the lead recruiter, be the CEO of the program and create some excitement. W would you be interested in a coach who's not a former NFL head coach, who's not a former college head coach, who's not an up and coming offensive coordinator? I'm talking about an outside the box hire. Would you be interested in hearing a name? Absolutely. I want because again, I want that energy. I I want that attention on this university cuz we need it. They okay. need it. Here goes. They here goes. Hey, my bad. My bad. Yep. Here goes. Get out of here. The guy who called me, the guy who called me and said, Hey, I want that job. I should have that job. I'll bet you he'd do it for less than two and a half, significantly less than two and a half million dollars. A guy who bleeds that program, a guy who lived it and loves it. And a guy who has, I'm not going to tell you he's famous. I'm not going to tell you that every kid's going to go, Ooh, I want to play for him. No, I'm not going to tell you that. I'm just going to tell Talk you about that me he, right now. <laughs> it sounds like you. I'm going to tell you that this guy has the energy to recruit. This guy has the background to have kids believe in him. 
Um, this guy knows Southern California, knows San Diego State, and knows this conference. Now, he might be reaching when he tells me he can turn it into a national champion in three years. What you just said checked all of Alex's boxes. So Alex will hire whoever okay. this mystery person is. I'll tell you who he is. And he's coming up in just a little while. Former San Diego State All-American. Former first rounder. Former NFL star. And a guy who's Whoa. only got a, a guy who's, and a guy who's only got a little bit of coaching experience, to be honest. This guy wants the job. Kyle Rashad Penny. Early. Oh. Darnell <laughs> <laughs> Pumphrey. I'm surprised that, that Browner wasn't like uh uh you know Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk. That's why hey, listen. If you told me Marshall Falk was gonna come on the show because he wanted that job, you got it, brother. Okay, so so okay, Mar if I told you Marshall Falk, you'd say yes to that. One thousand percent. Now, does Kyle Turley resonate? I don't I the thing I know about Kyle Turley is that he had long hair when he played, and I think he threw a helmet once. Right. That, that's, right. that's all I know. Okay. That's all he I loves know. weed. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the thing. Which Kyle is, Turley. Now, that's a bad thing now. He, no, it's not a bad thing. It's legal as in an NFL head. Yes. As an NFL head coach, if no, I'm recruiting college him in football Oklahoma. Coach. Yeah. College football coach. Hey, focus on, on, on California. All right. Kyle Turley will join us later. He'll make his case. Kyle Turley will make his case as to why he thinks. And listen, how I like there the are, can I tell you guys? There are times when guys go from never managed in baseball to major league baseball managers. So I like, I like why not ball, throw man. some consideration Kyle Turley's way? We'll talk about Kyle. He's coming up in just a little while. Kyle, in a little while. Stick around. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studios. All right, great friends, calling a quick little time out here at halftime. I mentioned that we are in the Seven Mile Casino Studios. I mentioned it all the time. And um, I'm so happy with the way the year has gone with Seven Mile Casino. And I look forward to them joining us again in 2024. If you're looking to play cards, if you want to have a great brunch, a great lunch, a great dinner at Sammy's Restaurant and Bar, you want a nice stiff drink at the bar there, you got it all, man. I'm playing blackjack. I'm watching football games. I'm getting a drink and some great food. What a place. Seven Mile Casino, sevenmilecasino.com. And the QR code is there for you if you want more information about Seven Mile Casino. And by the way, uh, anybody has any gambling problems of any kind, you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, big shout out to our guys at Tory Holistics and California Holistics. As a matter of fact, um, I know a lot of people are going to have family coming into town. There's going to be partying and having a great time. And you got to get to Tory or California Holistics before the holiday. And uh, Charlie, who's their chief marketing officer, will come on with us on Tuesday of next week. And he'll tell us about all the specials they've got going on on the Wednesday right before Thanksgiving. In fact, I asked him to come on on Wednesday. He's like, no, dude, all hands on deck Tuesday. I'm like, great, let's do it. Let's promote it. So if you're looking for any cannabis products for sleep, for recreation, for pain management, for anxiety, for whatever you use and however you use, it could be tinctures, it could be flour, it could be vapes, it could be uh, gummies, however you like it, man. Tory Holistics, California Holistics, you use our promo code AMAZING. You save 20%. Why would you not do that? Of course you would do that. And lastly, hey, look, as we're thinking about Thanksgiving next week, you're thinking about all the different games you're going to be watching, college football, NFL football, jump on to prize picks, man. Jump on and join the over 7 million people that are playing this game. Whoever designed this game is so freaking brilliant to me. Like imagine the guy who goes, you know what? Um, we have this app. Okay. And then what people do is they pick a player and then they decide, will he score more or will he score less? Maybe we can combine like points, rebounds, and assists. Will he have more or will he have less? Whoever came up with this game, it is absolutely brilliant. And I'll be honest with you, I hate to use this word, but it's kind of like 
it's changed the way I watch sports. It's kind of addicting, you know, and I don't mean addicting in a bad way. It's just, I, I, all of a sudden I'm watching the Knicks versus the Celtics and I don't care, but I got players in the game. So now I do care. Um, Hey, listen, you put in a hundred bucks, they put in a hundred bucks. They will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Prizepicks.com slash great friends or use our QR code. Let's get back to the show. All right, great friends. Hey, what's happening? It is Wednesday. It's Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studios, sevenmilecasino.com. Hey, by the way, um, I was very surprised because last night I turned on some local television news just because I wanted to see what the coverage was like of Peter Seidler. And um, I was surprised to see the weather report that we were expecting like weather because it has been, dude, it has been summer. I mean, the weather has been spectacular, which is unfortunate because like it's already after Del Mar and it's uh, kids are back in school and the sun sets at five o'clock. I mean, it's, it's been unfortunate that the weather's been this incredible. But today, if you're out there driving around, you're listening in your car, you're listening on radio. I want to tell you guys, you know, just slow down, be careful, get to where you're going safely because we've had such perfect weather for so many weeks now. And I can't believe what's going on outside with rain this afternoon. So just uh, slow down out there, everybody. Hey, um, so we were talking San Diego State and their head football coaching vacancy, and Kyle Turley is going to join us in the next segment because he actually really wants that job. Did anybody uh, anybody watch any of the San Diego State basketball game last night against Long Beach State? I did I was not. Driving. Yeah, I know. I watched a little bit of it just at the end. But um, Browner, I think uh, your favorite player from San Diego State just keeps on doing it, man. Um, he's off to a very hot start. This kid is it? Is it? I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Is it Jaden Ladie? Yeah. this guy and we talked to coach brian dutcher about this kid like a week ago and by the way um a lot of compliments on that interview with coach dutcher people who thought that it was great that it wasn't just a pure you know scouting report on the san diego state basketball team this year they thought that it was just to hear him talk about a variety of other subjects people really like that so ladido last night uh big night he's off to a great start averaging 25 points nearly 10 boards uh, field goal percentage over 62%. Great night for the San Diego State Aztecs. They needed it to recover after that, that game that they lost on Friday night of last week. So mm-hmm. nice job, guys. Nice job. Now they get to go to Vegas for some tournament, I think. Oh, really? St. Mary's on Friday. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking about maybe maybe walking over to T-Mobile Center on Friday and checking them out while I'm there. When are you getting to Vegas for F1? And by the way, one thing we should do today we should make this the highlight of the day later. Have you seen any of the um, video of the track? Like where they actually drive you through the track? Have you seen that? Yeah. Dude, you got to put that on the, on the air force because people need to see, I need to see over and over again, what it looks like driving down Las Vegas Boulevard, you know, for an F1 You want to see my view of the racetrack for the race? Yeah. Okay. Let me pull it up real quick. Okay. Got it. In fact, let me just give me one second because I got to add it on here. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I've seen I, I've been like nonstop with with Vegas and looking at what it looks like. Uh, but this will be my view. So this is the main oh, straightaway wow. right behind the Aria sign. That's the mm-hmm. main straightaway where they're going right. to hit top speeds of like 230 miles per hour. And then yep. right here in front of that big red Verizon sign is where they make a left. And it's the yeah. hardest braking zone. And so this is where a lot of the uh, crashes, quote, quote unquote, carnage is going to be taking place because uh, when they were when they were organizing this, I believe they thought, "Oh, Las Vegas, it's going to be hot. We'll do it at midnight. Uh, it's going to be forty degrees. 
Uh, F1 cars are not meant to be who, raced who, at 40 degrees. Who would have thought it was going to be hot at midnight in Vegas well, in November? It's cold. I don't. Well, all of their there's only like four night races on the F1 calendar, yeah. and everywhere there is a night race, it's because it's hot as hell. Qatar, uh, Singapore, yeah. Abu Dhabi. Uh, yeah. yeah, that ain't Vegas in November, Jack. <laughs> that ain't Vegas in November. So yeah, I think the uh, the conversation that I've been reading and and listening to is these cars are not meant to be driven at that temperature. This will be might be the coldest race in F1 history. Wow, dude's gonna be wow. out there driving with us with a down on. Dude, that yeah, view gonna, that you're going to have is going to be incredible. And because you're such a big F1 fan and because you're going to be with cousin Nancy and she and her husband are both like pro race car drivers, and, gearheads, you know, whatever mm -hmm. sort of lower level, you know, racing there is, dude, you're going to have a great time, man. You are going to have an yeah. awesome, awesome time. Good for you, bro. Yeah. I've Same actually plays on Friday though. And I'm thinking I'm trying to go, we have a reservation for dinner at five. And I was like, can I make my way to the T-Mobile center? You can. Too much traffic, too much traffic, too much. Yeah. Traffic. That it's yeah, all walking though. It's right, he'd have, to, he'd have to walk it out. And it's at the T-Mobile Center. It's not at Thomas and Mac. So that makes a big mm -hmm. difference. It makes a big Plus, difference. Plus, that's at the end of where nothing is really happening, that edge mm -hmm. of the strip. Mm -hmm. hmm. Okay. Hey, I wonder, Alex, have you looked at all? Have you looked on prize picks to see if you can figure out, is, is there an F1 category? I don't know what more or less would be <laughs> on, on prize picks. It is. How many, F1. How many laps will Max Verstappen lead? Probably. Uh, oh, oh, I got it. I'm looking at it. Oh, First pit, pit stop tops. time. Two seconds. Oh, what? Come on. Oh, here it is. That F1. is hilarious. F1. Awesome. I would go over on most of, or more on most of these. Max Verstappen. You ready for this? Um, mm -hmm. First pit stop. His time. Two. I, I, is this two seconds? I, yeah. 2.45 seconds. Are you for real? In the His, pit? Let's, so when they change the tires, like, <laughs> like when you actually stop. Change your tires and go 2.45 seconds more or less. Wow. I believe the nah, I won't the end fastest, on that. I won't end on that. I believe the fastest pit stop this year was from McLaren, the top two guys, Piastri and Lando Norris. I believe mm -hmm. they got a 1.8 this year at some point. But it's not wow. very common. Like two, 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 three is very good. Uh like very, very good. So, and as you can see, you scroll down. The lesser yeah. teams are a little slower. Well, what about like <laughs> Lewis Hamilton? I mean, he's he, I'm only looking because he's a name that I know. Lewis Hamilton, yeah. his pit stop time, 2.75 seconds. Yeah. I wonder if there must be stats on what his average time is. Yeah, Sergio, Sergio Perez, 2.4 seconds. Sergio mm -hmm. Perez? Come on, man. That's that's crazy fast. That's crazy. It's, fast. Dude, have you never seen an F1 pit stop? Yeah, dude. I no. know they're crazy, but I, I didn't realize crazy. they were that fast. I changed my own tires. Take me a lot longer than that. In 2.4 hours. Yeah. Oh, I, did, I, did. <laughs> I, I might need to start paying attention to what they do. Right. right. Hey, hey, prize picks. Can we get a Browner category? How long yeah. will it take Browner to change all four of his tires? 2.75 oh, oh, oh. hours, more or less? Yeah. No, yeah. no. So if, if it's a competition, no, no, I got it. I got it. Give me an hour. I can do it in under an hour. All four tires. That's awesome. <laughs> Max Verstappen at 2.45 seconds for a pit stop. I want to go under that. And for um, Lewis Hamilton at 2.75, I want to go under as well. So less. Um, wow. I cannot believe how great prize picks is. I'm telling you right now, whoever came up with this is such a freaking genius to me. I want to meet this genius. person. I want to talk to this person because who came up with the game? 
who was sitting around in their house one night going, wait a second, what if I could, I could place my, my, my pick on more points or fewer points, more points or less points, more seconds in the pit stop or less seconds in the pit stop. Whoever you are out there, you genius, you have changed the way I watch sports. Prizepicks.com slash great friends, prizepicks.com slash great friends, and they will match your first deposit 100% up to $100, okay? Mm -hmm. So prizepicks.com slash great friends, you can click on the QR code right over here for those of you guys that are watching on TV and watching on, on YouTube. You can click on the QR code right here. It'll take you right to our, our landing page. But again, they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks, 100%. 20 bucks you put in, they put in 20 bucks. You put in 100, they put in 100. You're going to have so much fun. I'm playing F1 this weekend. Never thought they find, would even have like, this category. I'm trying to find like what the pit stops, like average pit stops are per team. Well, were so you I'd able to, to find that. the, uh, were you able to find the video? of um of what the the track is going to look like like when when these guys oh, are driving I on it i was looking at pit stop times i know all right well, okay we'll this is back. for one race this year yeah the hungarian grand prix mm -hmm. mercedes what was their more or less time for lewis Hamilton? i think it was uh 2.75 so as a team for mm -hmm. four pit stops they averaged 2.84 seconds at that particular race oh oh mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh-huh okay mm -hmm. so hamilton i'm going more Okay, Hamilton. But this is an more. average. This is an average. Yep. Okay. Okay, but what about Verstappen? What's his average? So they're on average for the team for him and Perez. They're on the same team. Mm -hmm. Two point four five seconds. Oh, and okay. Well, first it says first pit stop, so everybody's oh. going to be ready, juiced, gassed up. Oh, yeah, first so, pit stop. First, pit but stop. also, but also, it could be like you never know. Sometimes there's an accident, and all of a sudden they got to dive in, and teams aren't necessarily ready like as quick as they should be because, you know, an accident happened like, oh, we should do it now. We'll just jump in the pit real quick. So there are some funny business that happens. There's a very int intriguing, intriguing category. For I'm me. taking Max Verstappen to go less than 2.45. And I'm going to take Lewis Hamilton to go more than 2.75. Okay. That's what I'm doing. I'm playing F1 on prize picks. I am. I'm playing F1 on prize picks. All right. Let me, um, Alex, at some point, maybe if we can get to the video of the track, that'd be great. But let me, let me turn my attentions into another story here. So I woke up to my phone buzzing this morning that Deshaun Watson is going to miss the rest of the season for the Cleveland Browns. And I'm like, wait, what? And I was like, I thought he had an eye, a high ankle sprain. And I kind of figured that he'd be able to tough it out. It turns out it's not the high ankle sprain. He had an MRI. He, according to the story, he did not tell the Cleveland Browns at halftime that his shoulder was all messed up and, and he's had shoulder problems already this year. Well, now the story is, is that Watson after playing his best game as a Brown, where he went 14 for 14 in the second half and led the Browns to a come from behind win over the Ravens. Now Deshaun Watson is going to miss the rest of the year because he's got some sort of shoulder problem. That's so bad that they were like, he has to have surgery like immediately literally immediately. And so now he's having um, shoulder surgery and, and the, the, the Browns are going to start Dorian Thompson Robinson, the kid from UCLA. And I, I trying to figure this out because Dorian Thompson Robinson was forced into playing a few weeks ago. Didn't go very yeah. well, but it was last second. He wasn't really like mentally prepared. and physically prepared per se. Now the Browns would rather put their team on Dorian Thompson Robinson's back rather than PJ Walker, the guy who started when 
Deshaun Watson was out earlier in the year. And it's yet another one of these quarterbacks. We've been talking about this story all year long. Look at all these quarterbacks that are rookies that are playing. Three guys, rookie starters, who were first-round picks. Two of them still starting. One on a bad team, not very good. One on a pretty good team who he's elevating to become a good team. And one guy who's already hurt. Everybody else, second round, fourth round, fifth round, undrafted. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I, I don't remember what round he was drafted in. Fifth, sixth, I'm not sure. Mid-round somewhere, I'm telling you. And I just cannot believe how the Cleveland Browns, the team I've been following, you guys all know my, my BFF is the offensive coordinator, they lose their superstar running back earlier in the season. They lose some of their top offensive linemen. They had a guy playing right tackle the other day. They they really didn't know this kid at all. He, he'd come off the streets. Had apparently had a great game. Now they lose their quarterback. This guy has made um, so much money and has performed, I, I think it's 12 games of 32 games in his career so far. He's There's been 32 games in his Browns career, and he's only played in 12 of them. Guaranteed contract. And my man is hurt. Mm. When he wasn't playing well, you were like, oh my God, he's not playing well. Like we gave him all this money. We thought he was a top five quarterback. He's not playing well. Now, suspension, not playing well, hurt, comes back, teases you by playing the best game of his Cleveland Browns career and now gone for the rest of the year. So, you know, my son called me, my son called me and said, Hey dad, your best buddy is the offensive coordinator of the Browns. And they are one of the most interesting stories in the NFL this year. How come you never bring Alex on the show? Mm -hmm. And my answer was, I mean, I'm kind of being honest here. I'm sort of afraid to ask him. Why? No, he's, he's been on the show before. I know. He's been on the show for years. Get him in the offseason. Get him in the offseason. He's been on the show in, for years and years and years. He's been on the show. Long before he was an offensive coordinator in this sort of high visibility story. I mean, there was a time, many of you guys who are listening, who, who've been with us for a long time. Remember that time that he was out hunting and me and Billy Ray were on the air and Alex was out hunting and he's like, hold on, shh, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> Boom. And he, and he shoots and we're like, did you get him? He's like, gotta go. And he hung up on us and we had no idea what happened. Like people remember mm -hmm. that stuff. So I finally just grew a set of balls today and I texted him. I said, Hey, will the Browns allow you to do hey. media outside hey. of like your scheduled press conferences or like post practice meetings, like with the me, will the Browns allow you to do that? And I said, because, you know, you've been on with us for so many years, but now there's so much storyline to what you guys are. I would love to start having you on. I mean, I'm not saying that he is, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show, but gosh, it would be fun to have Alex on every week and talk about this developing story. And he said to me, I'm in. Nice. Okay. I'm in. So here I was, I was like so petrified to even ask him because I didn't want him to say to me, no, dude, I can't do that. Or even get pissed at me. Like, like, come on, man, I can't be doing that. But he said, yeah, he's in. Yeah, he's That's been awesome. on before. No, I know, but this is in season. There's a lot of controversy around his team. You know, I didn't want he him to, to start. That. He needs to start getting himself out there. It's time for him to get a head coaching job. I agree. Yeah, this is how it starts. This is how it yeah. starts for him to become the head coach of this. The, the you got to start, Los showing, Los Angeles gotta start <laughs> showing you an statesman. Yeah. So you guys want to we'll bring him on? Yeah. What do you guys think about this Deshaun Watson thing? What a mess. No, it's not. No. What do you mean? No. no, what's the guy plays football? Football players get hurt. 
The fact, I know, that but all these, the fact that all these other quarterbacks have played this year is a perfect sign that this is a very fragile sport and guys get hurt, and that's really the game. I know, but when, you, but when you think about the rest of that division, dude, you got Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. You've got you Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. You know, he was hurt last year. You, Kenny Pickett has been hurt so far this Who's year. terrible? Who's terrible? His talent's hurt. But the thing is, is that is that can the Browns, who are in very much in the conversation of being a playoff team, can they possibly do that? With no, I mean a rookie no. quarterback. I, mean, I didn't believe team. in him in the first place, and then now I did. Without Deshaun, he was like, "Oof." I thought I, I thought that his performance at the in that, in that second half was him kind of finding his way. It took him a long time, longer than anyone expected. The amount of money that he was being paid, but again, he had already missed a year. And then to follow that up, basically missing almost an entire year again, injuries being in between that, for him to even be 14 for 14 in the second half and lead you to a win over Baltimore, that was remarkable in itself. So the idea that he got hurt, that's football. That's partly why when people go, well, this guy's hurt. Like, everybody gets hurt in football. If you don't get hurt, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. So they have no chance, though. They have no chance. No, I'm surprised though that they're starting Dorian Thompson Robinson rather than rather than PJ Walker. I'm not really sure. PJ why. Walker had one touchdown, five interceptions. That's all you need to know. And yeah, 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 but they he, won. Yeah, and and listen, he made, Zach maybe Wilson's won three games this year. I'll just Kenny, I'll take a Kenny guess. Pickett's got six in too, so. But I'll I'll, right. I'll take a little bit of a guess here though. PJ Walker is a he's a good solid guy to bring off the bench. He's a professional quarterback. He's not he's not true. a star. That's not true. a star. So maybe the thought process would be, let's go with DTR because PJ can come off the bench and play. If this kid sucks. Right. But If, if but all if, hell breaks loose and this kid's terrible right. and he can't make a first down, at least we know PJ Walker can be a professional and right. manage this thing. Yeah. That makes sense. You know? And if, yeah. And if he gets hurt, oh. like we'd hate to have PJ Walker get hurt. And then yeah. we have to. Then we're kind of in desperation mode with you know all, all we right. got left. When you sure. spoke Probably to him, away. when you spoke to him this morning, yep. Did you ask him why are you going with DTR? No, as a matter of fact, when I did speak to him, I'll tell you right now, it was really, really early in the morning, um, and it was um, I said something like, "Hey, well, you know what? This is uh, PJ Walker's chance, you know." Yeah. And he and and at the time, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. This is PJ's time, and he hearted the, the the uh, text. By the way, Browner, I I was telling Alex earlier before we got on the air. I have tickets for you guys for the Rams Browns on December third. Alex says he can't go, so I don't know. If, where they at? At SoFi. Well, you got to send me. No, where that ticket? Give it to me. Oh. <laughs> what you mean, bro? You got a ticket? I'm cashing it. Yeah. Hand it over. Alex, I felt like we were all talking about going to a game, and, and listen, we did. And I told you, and I told you, yeah, well, not on Sunday. I know. You know oh, what? I forgot you're working. My bad. This, this guy, this guy, no, he'll bail. A, he'll bail on you. He'll bail no, on he you. Browner, he's a bailer. Never bailed when I said I'm going. Never a, have bailed hey, when hey. I said I'm going. Are you going or not? He's not. He's I working. Said he works I was on Sundays. I he works on Sunday. I forgot. No, he can't take the day off. He can't. This guy wants to take a day off every day around here. And you mean tell me you can't take the day off on the Lord's Day? I'm taking well, it off this Sunday. Yeah. See? And, and I'm hey. sorry, no disrespect, but I'm not going to take it off with wow. Rams Browns. No, wow. I don't. I don't blame you. I don't wow. blame you. I don't blame you. 
Hey, Browner, look at this. Look at this right here. Everybody's talking about the what I call the Browner cocktail. It's right. the Mushroom Life products. And every day, Browner on the show has just told people the sustained energy tincture, which he loves. Mm -hmm. And then up, shake them up, shake them up, shake them. The mental yeah. energy gummies that he loves. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Mushroom Life has so many different products. So if you are, if you're using prescription pills to help you sleep, if you're using prescription pills for sexual stimulation, uh, guys, if you're using them for mental focus and energy, um, I'll just tell you this right now. There's a company in Carlsbad called Mushroom Life. They're Mushroom Life, L-Y-F-E, mushroomlife.com slash great friends. They have a uh, more medicinal, like a, a plant-based medicine perspective. They're not into the prescription pills. They're into what mushrooms growing from the earth, the medical benefits of mushrooms. And you can read all about it on their website, mushroomlife.com slash great friends, or you can click the QR code that we have up on the screen for you right now. And you save 50% on your first purchase. And if, if you can get already, it in your mouth, if you and if you've already, mouth. and if you've already bought, you probably already know how great the products are. And you're like, Hey, I got the 50% the first time, right? you know? So, all right, listen, uh, coming up, Kyle Turley, the former San Diego state, all American offensive lineman, a former first round draft choice, a guy who had an incredible NFL career. Kyle Turley wants the San Diego state head football job. And he says he can lead them to a national championship in three years. Why is he so confident when no one's ever been able to do that? Kyle Turley will tell us next. All right, great friends. Hey, what's going on? It's Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man. We're in the 7 Mile Casino Studios, 7milecasino.com. And Kyle Turley is about to join us. Now, I've been talking about this pretty much all day. Kyle, uh, I know you can hear me, but listen to this. Yesterday, we were in the middle of a conversation where we were talking about the San Diego State head football coaching job, and I was just about to say your name. I'm like, I've got a friend. He's got a passion for this program. He's got the experience. He could maybe come in here and be that, you know, that, that guy who could recruit and who's got you know, personality and could create visibility, even if he doesn't have all the head coaching experience in the world. And just as I was about to say your name, we found out that Peter Seidler, the owner of the Padres, had died. And I literally received like so many texts and messages in, on other formats uh, of people saying, who's the guy who's I never said your name yesterday. So I've been hyping it up all day. Kyle Turley, the former great San Diego State Aztec lineman, former great NFL offensive lineman and a guy who really, really wants that San Diego State head, co head coaching job. Kyle Turley is here on Kaplan and crew. Kyle, how are you, man? Man, I'm great, brother. I appreciate you having me, man, and that great intro. You know, yeah. Uh, rest in peace, man. Uh, the the, the uh, San Diego community lost a great one there. You know, all the great things that have been done through that organization, and that's a it's a sad day for sure. It is no doubt, Kyle. Um, I am curious though. Like people are going to hear you, and they're going to go, "Wait a second, Kyle Turley's never been a head coach. Not in high school. Not in college." Um, Deion Sanders coached at Jackson state, but prior to that, he wasn't coaching other than coaching high school kids and stuff. People are going to hear you and say, all right, we know about his playing career, but why would we entrust the San Diego state program to a guy who has a very limited coaching resume? What would you say to that? You know, I, I there, there's a lot of politics that goes into those jobs, uh, and who gets them? You know, I've, I've been coaching nonstop since I stopped playing this game. 
you know, and I've gotten kind of a, a little bit of a, you know, run around with, with the process and how coaches are hired, you know, uh, you need a degree, you need all these other things. So, you know, um, just taking my opportunities as it's gone through my, you know, post-football life for me. And that's been through multiple high schools out in the Inland Empire, my high school, um, Arlington High School, uh, King High School, you know, all these IE high schools. I've helped start Giant Skills uh, with Chris Tallamaval and those guys, uh, you know, contributed greatly to that Lyman program that's developing and turning out kids left and right. Uh, the Winter Circle out in Corona, California, um, you know, just continue to help those guys and their great uh, achievements that they're you know, doing, we created an entire football league through the COVID. We got about 28 scholarships for kids. I wouldn't have ever got them because they, everybody got locked down and we we're running around creating football fields and cornfields. And, you know, you could see that on YouTube, uh, you know, overtime sports did a thing on us um, through the pandemic. And, and I've just committed to coaching where I can and where I've been allowed. And, um, you know, I've, I've desired to be that head coach at San Diego State for a long time, as you know. And uh, I, I felt that an Aztec, you know, outside of Tom Crash should have had that opportunity a long time ago. Um, you know, we've got some great minds out here, some great players that have gone through San Diego State and had unbelievable careers. And, um, you know, as far as the credentials go, I, I've learned from the best. And so, you know, from high school all the way to the pros, uh, you know, being under the coaches that I had the opportunity to uh, learn from, uh, you know, and, and that started at San Diego State. You know, Sean Payton was our quarterback's coach, um, you know, on and on down the list. And I've had the opportunity. I got drafted by Mike Ditka. I played for Mike Martz and Jim Hazlitt and Herm Edwards, you know. And, um, you know, I've, I've been in these locker rooms. I've been on these teams. And I know I could do a better job. And well, you know, you know, there are plenty of guys, Kyle, that have gone from I was a major league baseball player. I wasn't a third base coach or a bench coach or anything. They've been hired as the manager of a major league baseball team with zero coaching experience and zero managerial experience. I've always believed that if you were a former player, and like you said, the career you had at San Diego State, the, the coaches you were around, the career you had in the NFL, and the coaches that taught you there, and your commitment to coaching, even if it was just coaching individual players or high school players, I don't see any reason why a guy like you couldn't come in take the head coaching job, recruit your ass off, be the face of the, of the program, um, and then hire all the right people and kind of get out of the way. Well, yeah, get out of the way, but be very involved. You know, this is a passion for me. This school means a lot to me. You know, I committed my entire, uh, you know, career there at college. I stayed the entire time. I, I could have went out my junior year. The, 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 the Lions said they were going to draft me in the first round. I stayed to be an Outland Trophy finalist, uh, you know, first team All-American and be, you know, still to this day, the highest player ever drafted out of the entire Inland Empire. Millions of people, you know, came from San Diego State and I was a lineman, which is not, you know, still not happened to this day from these small conference schools. Yeah, but, but I don't mean like when I say get out of the way, I, I just mean like I'm not saying that you wouldn't be the head coach and you wouldn't be the energy and you wouldn't be the guy making decisions. I'm just saying that that just because you weren't the offensive coordinator at, at at Washington last year doesn't mean that you're not qualified to be the head coach. Yeah, no, I put a staff together that, believe me, the city of San Diego will love and uh, we'll win football games. We're going to put up a lot of points and we're going to bring a defense there that can finally stop everybody that we need to so that we can continue to allow these offenses that should be run West Coast style back into San Diego. You know, uh, for too long, it's unfortunately – 
uh, turn into a program that I don't understand and I don't recognize. And I think that's for too many Aztec fans out there. And uh, with this new stadium and all the opportunities that are available in recruiting and facilities now and training, uh, there, there's no reason why San Diego State can't be a BCS contender. I've always been saying that. And uh, with the potential of a Pac-10 addition or Pac-12, sorry, mold, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with UCLA and USC going independent, um, you know, San Diego State being considered that. And if that happens or another conference or what have you, but I don't really care. I'm going to bring Marshall Falk back. I'm going to bring Billy Blanton back. Some of the greatest offensive minds I've ever been around and played with that I would love to. I'm going to get John Carney to be my special teams coach, okay? Hmm. You know, I'm going to bring back all these people that I'd have the opportunity to go to if the school would allow a player to put together a staff that it would be undeniable, like you said. I wouldn't have to do much but continue to just be me. And I've been able to change games at halftime, down 24 points to the greatest show on turf, on the road, which had never been done. I've been able to transform an entire locker room before a game at halftime and do whatever it takes to win. And so there's no doubt that a player who has that passion, a person who can commit to the program, first and foremost, a guy like a Steve Fisher type of a person who truly cares and wants to stay there and develop a program, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the guy. I don't, I don't know who else is. Kyle, <laughs> what, what, the, the thing about it for me is I don't need a head coach who has head coaching experience if you have real-world experience in the field. To me, your NFL experience gives you a high level of insight in the game that just because you're standing there as the head coach, you may not actually have. So you've got a lot of blood, sweat, and tears actually on the field. My concern is how can you use the limited financial resources that the school has to do these things that you're promising, to be able to bring in recruits, to get Marshall Falk? John Carney ain't cheap, baby. Like no, he, but, he, he, no, but but John Carney, I don't know that John Carney's super expensive. I think Browner's question is going to be this, and I, Brown, I don't mean to cut you off. They're suggesting that Brady Hoke made a million five last year, and that the San Diego State head coaching job could pay up to two and a half million dollars. Kyle, would you do that job for less than two and a half million? I'll do it for free, and I promise you. I'll no, do- no, nobody. No, you won't. No, you won't. Don't do that. No. Tell him, Brown. Tell him, Brown. None free, Kyle. None free. Ward Parish. Don't let me go start recruiting the Ninth Ward Parish again and find another Marshall Falk, please. <laughs> I'm going to get kids from Nick Saban. I promise you that. There's going to be linemen out there as soon as this would be announced that will stop committing to these big-time schools and people think, because I'm going to get them to the league. I'm going to make them first-round draft picks, period. Why are you something so that uh, go ahead? Why are you so confident that that you could do this so quickly? Because I did it. <laughs> I did it, and and there's no you know thing that anybody can replace in their resume of coaching that can override my experience and what it was, and that was a a complete commitment to and a dedication to achieving greatness. And if you want somebody that's going to come in there and just collect that paycheck, you know, again. I, it's going to be what it is. I got agents and all that, and they can negotiate all these things. But uh, that is a commitment that I would make to a, a place that I, I consider home. You know, I, I came from Reno Valley, California, just up the freeway there, and I, and I made a home in San Diego for five years. And I've been wanting to get back for a long time. 
I tried to get back with the Chargers, uh, you know, as a free agent. Didn't happen. I tried to get back to San Diego State. I was coaching half the O-line through the pandemic because they couldn't touch them. And then they gave the job to Mike Goff. I should have had the last three years there as the offensive line coach. And I don't know why. So, you know, there, there's there's an opportunity, I guess, with Brady Hoke exposing that he's ready to give it up and, uh, you know, uh, retire, I guess, is what the articles are saying. Uh, God bless him, uh, all the work that he did to help the program. And uh, But here it is, and you need somebody in there that's going to put people in those stands, and uh, it ain't happening. And I promise you it'll be full. So one thing that I, as an Aztec alum myself, uh, I think one of the things that and there's, this is no disrespect to Rocky Long or Brady Hoke at all, but there's this sense of pride when you go to that school, this Aztec for life. And you can see it from 10 minutes and 40 seconds of you talking that you exude this pride, you exude this want that hasn't been on the Mesa for a long time. We've had safe, mellow dudes. And I think like you are what people want, a breath of fresh air. You know, like something to come with energy, something modern, something new, some somebody that talks the talk. Obviously, you have to walk the walk once you get in the door. But I think don't we want I mean, Browner, you've been saying for two shows now how you want to swing and you want to go for the fences. And I'm the one that's right. like, well, let's talk in reality here. But how many people want a breath of fresh air? Someone that comes in with energy, someone that comes in with confidence, someone that comes in with swag, which has not been there for a very long time. Ever. And honestly, ever. Even when I was, I think it was Chuck Long was the head coach when I was there. It was, it's been this like milk toast personality. Sorry. But like, I just think that you are very different. And if that's, I do think that a lot of Aztecs are looking for different. Right. So here's a question. Have you talked to the athletic director yet? I sent him an email, you know, I've, I've met him, uh, you know, over the years, uh, you know, going back down there here and there, um, you know, I coached again with Tom Kraft at, at RCC and, you know, I, I've, I've been a part of the program and all the other events and, uh, you know, stayed close to what's going on with the program and, and, and know what, what, you know, the people there, the administration, I have a great deal of respect for the school, for the administration, for everybody and their efforts that they put into all the things that have happened here. I helped do as much as I could to get that stadium with you guys, you know, pushing on the airwaves here and trying to get people excited and committed to, you know, voting for those things and the city people to approve those things. And we need the Aztecs to have a presence there in their own stadium. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I've hoped that the, the administration understands uh, players like us that, that that we just don't go away. We're always here and we're always there for the program. Um, you know, I, I, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. I just got done coaching a high school season here at a very prestigious private high school. And, uh, you know, uh, I did tight ends this year. You know, I, I know I know football and and football is something that is my life. And uh, I'm not just a coach. And uh, what, what what college players need is somebody that they can relate to. And, uh, you know, if you, unless you want to go down and, and have a, a $25 million war chest every year and be able to put a system together like Alabama, you, you need a coach out here that's going to speak to the players. You know, you got Dion in Colorado and you got these other guys out here that have been given NFL jobs. Um, you know, Antonio Pierce in, 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 in uh, Las Vegas. You had Jeff Saturday in Indianapolis. All these guys are getting these head jobs. Believe me, I threw it out there. I'd love to be the head coach of the Saints. <laughs> But I saw Brady Hoke sign that extension, and so I gave that up. And then he, all of a sudden, this is happening again. 
and, and as it was the last time, this is personal to me, and I'm tired of seeing this for my school, and uh, I'm willing to make 100% commitment to it. And I've been coaching my butt off out here, putting guys in the league, getting guys scholarships, and I, I understand the job. Believe me, I do. I don't have a problem sitting and watching film, recruiting and doing all these things. It's not it's, – it's second nature. Yeah, and I think that what Browner and I really want is we want somebody who can Dion this thing. Yes. And I, I grant you, look, he started at an HBCU and he created a you know reality series about himself and he's got two kids that play on the team. And then he had that big win against TCU and he just exploded all over college football. But to me, Deion Sanders is a motivator. You know, mm -hmm. he's a father figure. Mm -hmm. um, and while he may be making the decisions on the field, Kyle, I, I feel like he's entrusted his offensive coaches as defensive coaches, but his job is to motivate is to lead is to be the face of the organization to, in, in his case, to be the face of the university. Um, I just, I would say it like this. Anybody who's listening to this right now goes, Kyle Turley's not qualified to be the head football coach at San Diego state. I totally disagree. What was Brad Osmus qualified to be the manager of the Detroit tigers when he'd never put on a uniform other than as a player. I mean, it happens all the time. You know, where guys go from, I played and I now I'm the manager. Why? What, what did you do to, to elevate, to get there? They just gave you the job. What's wrong with the idea of giving a San Diego state Aztec for life, the most famous, or at least one of the most famous, um, who's part of that brotherhood. What's wrong with giving that guy that job and saying, bring everybody home, bring people back, bring Marshall around the program more than just as a ceremony, bring all these guys back and, and try and then capitalize with a personality that creates visibility. I, I could keep rambling, yeah. which I am. That's what I want to see. Obviously I said, yeah, I even said that in my email today, AD. I'm like, if it's Herm Edwards, I at least want to be the offensive line coach. You got to get an Aztec back in the job and somebody that cares about the program. But I know I care and I know what I'll bring to the table and we're going to win. And that's the bottom line. I don't lose. Okay. I've been in programs where we have lost, but I've been in programs where we've won. And those things I've paid very close attention to. And uh, that knowledge is priceless. So, you know, again, do you? I'm ready for the job and, and I'm here to fight for it. I don't know who else is fighting for it. I'm sure they're getting emails. Uh, nobody's going to go out there and put it out there. People know who I am. They know what I've been doing. You know, I, I, I'm passionate about the things that I, I, I love about this game that I've wanted to change. And I changed it. Uh, we've got we've got retired players paid again and, and benefiting from this game that like they should. We've got uh, college players finally benefiting from this game like they should. Uh, and 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 finally, people are able to have a choice in the opportunities outside of getting addicted to all these pills that derailed my opportunity. And I would have been here a lot sooner. I promise you that. And so that being the case, I've got the knowledge and the experience to do this job. Anybody else, in my opinion, that you're going to have have you have you you spoke about these alums and these other guys that you would bring back have you reached out to them to reach out on your behalf on to the university because obviously uh sending an email is one thing yeah. having marshall falk get get the ad on the phone because i'm sure he can do that and say hey man did you get kyle's email yeah yeah have, and by you, the way you, and by the way i just texted you jd wicker's phone number keep going brown yeah yeah so, mean, for me no, no, yeah, that is a question. Have you reached out to these other alums, these high, high, high level alums, to give JD Wicker a call to, to, so he can know that you're looking for him? Yeah, you know what? I, I, I think I, sh I should probably start doing that. You know? I, yeah. 
I got some great people that are uh, reaching out for me and I'm gonna let them do their jobs. Um, you know, cause those guys helped me get to where I was. Um, they're familiar with the college system. And, and so, you know, outside of that though, yeah, I coached with Oz Hakeem. He's coming down. He's going to be wide receivers coach with Will Blackwell because Will Blackwell wants to coach more than anything. He's up there in Oakland doing administrative stuff with the school system. I got, I got all these guys out here, uh, you know, Leroy Glover's coaching, fl- bouncing around all over the place. And he's trying to stay at San Diego state and he's going to be the D live coach. I promise you that he doesn't want to, be bouncing around here, these odd jobs, leaving his family, Uh, you know, and I got guys like John Carney that are my great brothers and friends, man. And that's what this is about. This is about this brotherhood. And this brotherhood means more than anything to me, because when we get together, we're planning another ranch trip for the spring right now with Big Ed White up in Julian. And uh, the list keeps growing and the people keep coming back. And that's something that I want to give back to these kids and help them develop so that it stays with them. And I haven't seen that at that program since we left. Kyle Turley, he wants this job at San Diego State. Um, I know what's going to happen. Um, There's going to be a bunch of people out there on Twitter. They're going to say he's out of his mind. He's not qualified. I totally disagree. And I'll tell you this. I've already sent him J.D. Wicker's cell number. You've got to text him. I know you got people that you know, are probably doing this for you, but Browner's right. I mean, Marshall Falk calling and endorsing you and saying, hey, you know what? Let, let's give this guy a shot. Kurt Morrison? Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's who I was going to get as my linebackers coach. I know Kirk well. Again, all these guys respect me, and I promise you, I know that they want to come back to the Mesa. And, then, yeah. and if you put me there, just wait and see. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Kyle Turley. Kyle, it is great to talk to you. Appreciate you, man. And, uh, and we're here to support, bro. Thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Hey, I got to make it. Sometimes you got to take a <laughs> shot, man, right? M&M. Damn so, right. You know, I'm going to wrestling practice here right now. I'm going to continue to do what I do. And, uh, you know, if that happens, man, this is going to be a, a great opportunity and a great day for Aztec football. Well, Thank- just, just out of respect for what you mean to San Diego State, they ought to at least investigate the opportunity and go, okay, yeah. Kyle, we get it. You haven't been a yeah. head coach, but, but build your coaching staff. Let's see what you got. I mean, yeah. it's worth the shot. Kyle, we appreciate you, buddy. We got to roll. We'll talk to you soon. Thank- very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. There you go. Kyle Turley, uh, been a longtime great friend of the show. I mean, it's been 20 years. And um, what do you guys think? I know we got to hustle up here to the uncensored portion of the podcast. Is he out of his mind? No, I think he's yes. in an interview. I don't. I don't. No, in a good way. Not like he's out of his mind. I think he's out of his mind as a person. And I love that. Oh. You, here, you need that, that right now. Let me yeah. ask you guys a question. When you, when you were listening to him, did any other current head coach that you know of come to mind? Because I got a guy. Oh, yeah. Campbell. The Lions yes. 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 I'm so glad you guys heard that. <laughs> to me, Kyle Turley might be what Dan Campbell Dan is. Campbell. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I know that sounds but, crazy. Yeah. All right. Stick around. For everybody that's on radio, we got a lot more we want to get to. For everybody that's with us on podcast, we're going to go get uncensored. Okay. Let's, let's do that. Uh, but again, 1090 listeners, radio listeners, stay right where you are. This is Kaplan and Crew from the Seven Mile Casino Studios. He is okay. All right. So we're into the uncensored now. You can leave everything as is. Um, yeah. Tomorrow, Lawhead's in because uh, I'm out tomorrow because I got to, of course, you know. Hey, put man, it this you way. know somebody put it this way. who works at Sony? Do I know anybody who works at Sony? Yeah. I know they got a local uh, manufacturer here or some type no. of building here. No, no they do. I'm trying, to, I'm, trying to get this, I'm trying to get this PlayStation portal. I don't know anything about it. What is that? It's a, it's a handheld PlayStation. 
Oh yeah. We used to have, we, we used to have a, we used to have a guy who, uh, who sat on the board of the great friends foundation and he worked and he was an executive at Sony. And then he kind of, I think probably got pushed out and retired, moved back to New Jersey. I don't know anybody over there, Brown. Hey man, if y'all watching this show, y'all know somebody who get their hands on a PlayStation portable. Holla at your boy. You know who I'd like to get my hands on is the guy who, who owns, Whoa. um, uh, the, uh, the sunglass company that I wear his glasses all the time. And he got the prime glasses. And then he, I saw him at San Diego state yesterday, giving everybody sunglasses, uh, blenders. blenders. And I cannot get a hold of this guy. Who's the CEO of the company. Cannot reach him. Busy with prime. I guess so, man. You moved up in the world dog. I guess, I guess that's the case. If anybody knows the guy who owns blenders, I want to talk to that guy. I got I someone. I don't know if he can get you. Uh, PlayStation Portable Browner, but I know someone that works at Sony that you know yeah. as well. I'll send you. Oh, that's right. right that's right. Yeah, does right. do it. Hey, um, guys, yesterday, I uh, I got to give a quick shout out here in the uncensored. Give me the link, uh, Alex. While we're in the uncensored, can you put up the um, can you put up the QR code for our people over at Tory Hillistics in California? Hillistics, use our promo code. Uh, amazing. And I was talking to Charlie yesterday, their chief marketing officer. He's going to come on on Tuesday. Man, they got so much stuff going on in advance of Thanksgiving. So if you got family in town, dude, and you need to get some weed, this is the place to do it, right? Um, yesterday, I saw on Instagram our former intern, All's Well That M Well. Did you guys see that the magazine, LA Weekly, I don't know if everybody knows that magazine, not that I know it in hard copy, but LA Weekly did like a full-blown feature on All's Well That M Well. Browner, have Shout you seen this? Emwell, no. Whoa, dude. He, dude. Emwell has become. Look, look what they call him here in the headline. Meet Emwell, the iconic underground tastemaker that you should already be following. Dude, look at our boy. Good for him. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. What does it say about him, Alex? I can't see it. It's obviously too small. No, oh, he's like a big time influencer in the world. He's, he mentions working on the Scott and BR show for two years as an intern. But what do they call him now? Um, uh, I'm trying to find it because I read it this morning. I was trying to. They called him something awesome. They called him something um, awesome. Yeah, it was the, like they, the way they described him. Dude, this is know, unbelievable. And I'm so proud of this kid because anybody who remembers this kid knows this. He was sort of working with us. He was kind of like, in some ways, Alex, wasn't he like helping Billy Ray, like chauffeuring Billy Ray yeah, around? This is his sister. Yeah. And, and then it just, you know, Billy Ray was going through like major changes. He became you know? a cult figure in the underground music community. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And so, so Billy Ray had him working for him for a while. And then, um, when, when Billy Ray was kind of starting to retire, Emwell was working directly for us. And I, I remember the day that Emwell quit <laughs> because it was a very, it was a very honorable day for yeah. him. He went out you like know? a man. He went right. out like a man. Right. Emwell was like, hey, guys, listen, um, this is not really what I want to be doing. And I really am not helping you guys because I'm not passionate about sports. I'm passionate about hip hop music. And I want to be an influencer in that world. And the kid moved up to L.A. And he just takes his phone around and he interviews like rappers and he does things from concerts. And before you know it, my man's making money. In fact, I've seen him like on, on social media go, yo, man, I tried to do what I wanted to do. Here I am. He's got like his own apartment. He's like, I'm making money. I'm proud of that guy. Same. Go Emwell. Freaking awesome, dude. All right, listen, um, just to kind of give everybody a lay of the land here for the next couple of days, I'm off tomorrow because Browner, guess where I'm going to be? Locked up. They won't let me out. They won't let me out. I'm locked up. 
court. I'm not yeah, that's where I'll be. I'm going to be where I'm at. Yeah. Listen, if you I'm go to where I'm at, chance, you won't come out. Yeah. And then uh, on Friday, Alex is off because uh, he's going to F1. And so, and so we'll all be off. So we didn't make our NFL picks for the week, as you guys may know. So tomorrow you guys will do it and I'll, I'll give you my picks. Okay. Or you can take a week I'm, off like, or you can take a week off like Brown or whatever you want. No, uh-uh, no, no, no. I'm too hot right now. I'm too hot right now. Like I'm not, Brown. I'm not. Doing <laughs> you went one, one and one and now you're too hot right now. That's right. And the week before three <laughs> and oh. Gotcha. So four, gotcha. one and one smart. Guy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Listen, um, we are back tomorrow. We'll see you guys all then. So much love. Peace out, everybody.